What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Flavortown Podcast. I'm your host, Guy Fieri, and no, wait, nope, wrong podcast. Let's, let's run it back. Let's try that again. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Joseph Board Podcast on the JB Podcast Network. I woke up this morning, the sky is a little bluer, and the sun is a little brighter because, once again, football is back. That's right. I'm recording this right now on Thursday, September 5th. And we have Thursday night football tonight to kick off the NFL season. Bears and Packers at Soldier Field in Chicago. It's going to be crazy. I'm so excited to have football back. And that's what this episode is all about. I'm going to start things off. I'm going to do a little preview because my team back in Cleveland, back in my home state of Ohio, the Cleveland Browns, they kick off on Sunday against the Titans. So I'm going to do a little Browns preview. And then we're going to transition into the interview I did uh, recorded this past Monday with my good friend AJ Nikolai, aka the Snowman, talking about his football season. He just wrapped up his third camp, getting ready for his junior season at Tiffin University back in Ohio. So we caught up and talked about what was going to be going on this season, adjusting to a new coach. So we're going to have all that, but then stick around to the end because I'm introducing a brand new segment, my first segment on this show. My complaint of the week. So, Brown's interview with the snowman, complaint of the week, and that's how we're going to wrap up this show. So, without further ado, enjoy this nice smooth jazz and get ready for my 2019 Cleveland Browns preview. All right, all right, all right, everyone. Here we go. Cleveland Browns preview 2019. They open up on Sunday, as I mentioned, with the Tennessee Titans. This game is at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland on the lake. The Browns just announced yesterday on Wednesday uh, that they are going with the extremely popular color rush jerseys as their primary home uniforms this year. So they are going to be in those. It's been a while since the Browns, I feel like, have kicked off a season at home, and they usually rock the all-white. So um, they usually rock the white tops and white bottoms. We're not going to see that this year. Backed by popular demand, they're going to be rocking the uh, Color Rush uniforms. And it's just going to be fun because we really get to see this team finally let loose. You know, We're going to see all the defensive guys that we've been dying to see play together. Of course, we're going to see all the offensive guys we're going to see play together. Uh, We haven't seen Odell Beckham Jr. play one snap in a preseason game, so we're going to see him for the first time, see, um, you know, of all these crazy highlights that we saw early on in camp of him and Baker, if, if that's going to be able to translate it into real games, so that's going to be really fun, and I mean, people are excited. I was looking on StubHub and Ticketmaster this morning just out of pure curiosity, and really all that's left is stuff, uh, stuff way up in the nosebleeds. Um, you know, it's scattered around the stadium, but even if you're sitting at the very, very top, you, you can't find really anything. You can't find anything that's under a hundred bucks. It's, it's crazy. Um, you have seats on the club level that are going for upwards of four or $500. So people are excited. And, uh, the Browns, at least on paper, they're back. So it's going to be really, really exciting. So, you know, the Browns, they've come a long way from season ticket holders, giving away tickets on trick or treat, like for Halloween, when kids are coming up to the door, like here's a Snickers and here's two tickets to the uh, to the Browns-Bills game on Sunday because it's too cold, the team sucks, and I don't want to go. Definitely a long way from that. That is in the past, at least for now. So let's run through this Browns schedule real quick. As I mentioned, week one, Tennessee at home. 
They're going to win this game. I think this is what's going to happen. The Browns are going to come out, and whether they have the ball first or not, whenever their first offensive possession is, it's going to be like, oh my God. It's going to be like that first possession of that Redskins game in the preseason where they went hurry up and Baker marched them right down the field and they scored a touchdown and Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have a big play. The place is going to be rocking. It's going to be going crazy and it's going to be one of those things where it's just like, oh my God, the Browns cannot be stopped. This is the Chiefs last year. We're going to score 50 points a game, but I think that it's going to calm down a little bit. Obviously, it's going to settle, but I think the Browns are going to get off to a hot start. They're going to slow down. They're going to struggle a little bit. There's going to be some timing issues on offense. Um, I think the defense, for the most part, is going to be pretty solid. But at the same time, the Browns will get it together, and uh, they're going to win this game ultimately. Week 2, Monday Night Football. They go to New York. They're playing the Jets. Uh, they're much improved. They had at Le'Veon Bell. Sam Darnold is going to be in year two. But Baker rises to the occasion. And just like he did last year when he came in in relief of an injured Tyrod Taylor on Thursday night football at home against the Jets last year, we're going to see Baker rise to the occasion. And he's ultimately going to lead the Browns to a win in week two. And they are going to be 2-0. and oh. Then... The NFL's runner-ups, 2-0, everyone's going to be fired up. It's like, bring on whoever, bring on the Rams, bring on the 2007 Patriots with Randy Moss, like bring anyone on. If they're coming to this stadium, no one can beat our Browns. I think that's how it's going to be. And with a young team, I think we're going to get humbled a little bit. The The Rams are extremely talented, um, and make no mistake about it, Jared Goff, another year in that system with Sean McVay. The Browns are going to get humbled, and they're going to drop to 2-1. and one. And it doesn't get any easier. The Browns will go to division foe Baltimore the next week. And I think the Browns, they're going to be better prepared after being humbled by the Rams. And they're going to put up a better fight, but they're going to lose a tough one in Baltimore. Week five, they travel to California, to Northern California, to play the San Francisco 49ers, another Monday night football game. How about that? When is the last time the Browns not only just had one, but two Monday night football games in one season. I, I can't remember that. It may have never happened in my lifetime. So the Browns are taking on the 49ers. I think Baker's going to once again rise to the occasion on prime time. The Browns are going to go out to California. It's a business trip, just like the Cavs in 2016. They're going to take care of that team up there in the Bay Area, and they're going to dominate on Monday night football. Week six, Browns have to travel back. It's a short week, technically. It's I know it's only one day. They have the Seahawks. The Seahawks are always tough. I think the Browns lose this, as I mentioned, short week, only by one day, but whatever. It's it's a, a lot of travel, and um, I think the Browns lose this one at home to the Seahawks. Then we have our bye week. Week 7 is when we have our bye. I think it comes at a really good time. The Browns get rested up after, once again, a short week, and they travel to New England to take on the reigning Super Bowl champs and Tom Brady with the Patriots. Um, this is after a bye. I think the Browns lose. They're rested. They put up a good fight, but this game is in Foxborough. Uh, it's late October. The, the, um, the Patriots, they're going to start to catch their stride a little bit, you know, no matter how they start, you know, if they start off and they're one and two or if they're three and two and it's like Brady, it's like, Oh, father time, you know, we've been saying this forever, broken record, but is this the time? Is this really when Brady falls off? But no, I, I don't expect that this year, at least. Um, the Browns will put up a good fight, but it's in Foxborough, late October. The Patriots are going to start to catch their stride and um, start to build up playing their best football through mid to late November through December and the rest of the season. The Browns lose a tough one in New England. Week 9, Kareem Hunt 
returns. The Browns travel back to Denver. Remember that crazy game? It was an awesome game last year when the Browns won in Den in Denver. Um, speaking of Kareem Hunt, real quick, before I talk about what's going to happen in this game, just looking at it from a football perspective, say what you want, whether it's morally right for him to be on the roster, whatever it is, let's look at it strictly from a football sense. Kareem Hunt, there is no risk in having this guy on your team. He's on a one-year deal. It's for the minimum. It's like for a million. It's like for one or two million dollars. It's nothing. And if he messes up, you cut him. You cut him. You're not our problem anymore. You knew you came in with two and a half, you know, 2.9 strikes. And you know you're not going to get any second chances. So there's no risk there. And then if it works out, he is an extreme talent. And not only that, you pair him with Nick Chubb, who... Like Kareem Hunt can catch the ball and run with speed, but Chubb has more power. So they complement each other pretty well, and not to mention Dontrell Hilliard, who's going to be great in the return game and special teams for the Browns, but plays that sort of Duke Johnson role where he can catch the ball out of the backfield, maybe split him out wide. You can get creative with a guy like that. But Kareem Hunt, as I mentioned, extreme talent. And if, if you take away you know, the minimal hits that he took this year in his preseason games and whatever he took in camp. This guy is coming in week nine and he hasn't been tackled in a real NFL game in pretty much a calendar year. Think about how fresh he's going to be, how much pressure it's going to take off of Nick Chubb, who has now, who, you know, who played a ton last year once we traded Carlos Hyde and has now gone through pretty much half an NFL season here of getting hit. And then you have a guy like Kareem Hunt who has the same talent level, if not more than Nick Chubb and gets to, and, and I'm not saying Kareem Hunt's going to come in and be the number one, but he's going to give Nick Chubb a break. And this is at a perfect time of the year. The Browns come off a bye. We're, about, we're halfway through the season now. And to what we think is hopefully going to be a playoff run down the stretch when the first half of our season, we have one of the toughest strength of schedules. And then compared to the second half of the season, where we have one of the weakest strength of schedules. I think all of this lines up perfectly timing-wise and fit. And like I said, it's no risk. So, back to the point. Week 9 at Denver. The Browns won here last year. They, get, they gutted it out. It was a really tough game. They had to come up with plays and winning time. And they did. They showed a lot of maturity. I think they go back-to-back -back years on the road to Denver and win week 10 home against the bills here's where i think the browns are going to get hot they win against the bill win against the bills I, i'll take baker over josh allen any day and i think the browns defense they they uh they're going to force three turnovers and they're going to have a fun day on the field in week 10 against the bills week 11 pittsburgh thursday night football it's a short week i know but I think the Browns are going to win. Once again, Baker, primetime, rises to the occasion. The crowd is going to be unreal. Rivalry game, November, I believe it is, against Pittsburgh, Thursday night football. It's going to be crazy. Browns win um, the, in week 11. Week 12 now, they play Miami at home. I think it's going to be up to the Dolphins and the Bengals fighting for who's going to be the worst team in the league this year. And this is a trap game. It's at home. You're coming off. Uh, a, you know, you've won, at least in my predictions, uh, three, in, three in a row here. And you're coming off a huge emotional victory over Pittsburgh on Thursday night. This is a trap game, but I think the Browns, they just have too much talent. 
Um, and they're barely going to skate by here. They're barely going to win that game. And then week 13 at Pittsburgh. This is a loss. This is Big Ben revenge. Pittsburgh is going to be up to the challenge, not only the players on the field, but their crowd. Uh, the Browns are going to lose against Pittsburgh. Next week, Cincinnati at home. They're going to win. I think Cincinnati's terrible. Uh, they're going to be coming in about 20 pounds heavier because of all the skyline chili. The Browns are going to win week 14. At Arizona, the Browns, they will not lose this one because if all goes to plan, I'm going to be at this game. Um, so the Browns, they, they, they won't lose. They were want to know with me last year. I saw them play against Cincinnati at home in the season uh, in the season in the home finale, excuse me. Uh, so the Browns are going to win that one. Week 16, Baltimore at home. The Browns are riding high, but this is going to be a game where Baltimore doesn't win it, we lose it. It's going to be I think this is where a lot of, you know, Freddie Kitchens being a rookie head coach, the Browns still being a very young team across the board. I think this is where some mistakes, some silly turnovers um, not being able to convert off turnovers or not being able to get touchdowns in the red zone, you know, just a combination of that stuff, stuff that teams that are still trying to learn how to win and young teams do. I think a lot of that's going to come out in the Browns. They're going to lose a tough one against Baltimore, not to mention there could be a lot of pressure here in terms of playoff implications, depending on how the rest of the division do and what, and if the Browns take care of business week 17 in Cincinnati, the Browns are going to be pissed off and they're going to take it out on the Bengals down there in Northern Kentucky and they're going to win. So if you add that up 10 and six, I think the Browns make the playoffs as a wild card team. I think Baker Mayfield goes from 27 touchdowns to 35. I think his interceptions go down from 14 to nine. And I'm, I think we're going to see his completion percentage. Uh, while it was very good last year, just under 64%. I think we're going to see it north of 65% this year from Baker Mayfield. Here's some big ifs for the Browns. Number one, the offensive line. We'll see how it goes. The offensive line in the second half of the year when Freddie Kitchens took over as the offensive coordinator played much, much better. They gave up hardly any sacks. They protected Baker. Um, but, you know, we'll see how much of that, you know, was them being better or if it was just more offensive philosophy where they were getting the ball out quicker because um, we did see at times, thinking back to that Baltimore game in the season finale, where the Browns were trying to run the ball, and when the defensive line, and I know, and don't get me wrong, Baltimore has a terrific defense, probably the best in the league, or one of the best in the league, if not the best. Um, there, there were times when they ramped it up last year with their stunts from their defensive line and their linebackers, um, especially in running situations, and the Browns flat out could not get a push, and they were getting pushed back and losing yards what seemed to be um, almost every play when they tried to run the ball down the stretch. Um, kicker, uh, Greg Joseph, he loses the job. Uh, we have a new kicker in there. Uh, we'll just see how it goes. It was shaky last year, but it's going to be a bigger deal this year because the Browns have the talent and should have the record to make the playoffs this year, like I predicted. I think they're going to be a wild card team. So the kicker is going to be a big deal because missed extra points, missed field goals here and there. You can't give up any games in the NFL. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. You can't give up games in the NFL. So kicker, that's going to be a big F. And last but not least, you have to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. And specifically with Odell Beckham Jr., his ego and personality that at times has gotten the best of him and has gotten in the way. 
So first off, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is in a great situation. He's with a very talented young team. He's with a fan base in Cleveland that will be very loyal and has already embraced him and loved him. And then let's start with the quarterback. I think what you have in Baker Mayfield right now, and certainly the upside, is more so than what he had in his years and the version that he had of Eli Manning in New York with the Giants. And outside of Baker Mayfield, let's talk about Jarvis Landry. His best freaking friend. Those guys are practically brothers. They they both played uh, high school ball in Louisiana. They were teammates at LSU. And not to mention the wide receiver coach for the Browns was at LSU and worked with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. So you would have to imagine this is a comfortable, safe space for a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. and a guy with that big of a personality. Now here's where things get iffy. When things are going great and the Browns are winning and he's a big part of the offense, I think he is going to be no problem at all. It would be tough. It would be nearly impossible to find a guy that is getting the receptions that he wants, getting the attention that he wants, his team's winning, he gets along with the guys. It'd be very tough to see someone who crumbles and isn't a fan of that situation. But here's where things might get tough. Let's let's just let's just do a hypothetical here. It's week one. It's Sunday. The Browns they have that big first drive that I talked about, right? Odell Beckham Jr. has two big catches. One of them he gets out in space, makes a couple moves, 15 yards. The other one is a deep burner. It gets the Browns into the red zone, get down to the three yard line, and Nick Chubb punches it in. That's how the first drive goes. But for the rest of the first half. Tennessee changes up their defense. They're double-teaming Beckham. Baker's going through his pre-snap analysis at the line, and he's like, they got him doubled at the line. They're bracketing him with this safety. We're throwing the ball like, Odell, I know you're great. You're a superstar. You're one of the best receivers in the league. But that's not the read here. So if if teams are taking him away, how is he going to handle it if he's not getting the targets, if he's not getting the receptions, that he feels like he needs and and deserves, and rightfully so. He's a terrific talent, and he's an incredible player. But if defenses are doing that and forcing Rashard Higgins and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb, which are none of those guys are slouches, I I will be completely fine if they want to use extra defenders on Odell Beckham Jr. Like, fine. You can't do it the whole game because the other guys, they're really good. And Baker Mayfield is really good. So I have no problem with that. But... How will Odell Beckham Jr. handle a situation like that? That's why it's a big if for me. And also, he's injury prone. So between that and, you know, situations, you know, he could be a different guy drive to drive, depending on how things go. We'll see. You know, if he doesn't get, like I said, if he's not getting the targets and receptions like he feels like he should, or, you know, they established him on the uh, the first drive, um, and then it's not going his way, you know, for two, you know, two quarters and doesn't get back into it until the fourth quarter, will he shell up or will he be like, all right, time to go to work. I'm going to get my chance and I have to stay ready. And even if they're double teaming me and I know I'm probably not going to get the ball, I still have to run this route 110% like I'm getting the ball, which leads to another thing. A thing that can be detrimental to the Browns is, you know, Odo hasn't had a ball thrown to him in a while. Is Baker Mayfield going to force it to him and throw interceptions? 
Is he going to be careless with the ball because he wants to get Odell a touchdown in the red zone? I really hope not. That could be absolutely devastating and detrimental to the Browns offense. Last year when they were good and they were protecting Baker and they were efficient, they were spreading the ball around. Baker was making the right reads and he was protecting the ball. If he does that this year with this increased talent and his improved skill as well from year one to year two, I think the sky's the limit is I think the sky's the limit for the Browns. But it's a big if. And I'm not too worried about it. Because like I said, I think the situation is great. I think Odell is happy. And if he's winning ball games, and that's different from what he experienced in New York, I think they went to the playoffs once. You know, if they win, I think it's all gonna be good. I think he's going to understand it. I think he's going to get it. He's maturing. And so is the rest of this team. Freddie Kitchens, first-year head coach. Extremely young roster. I think it's promising. But at the end of the day, that's a big if. So 10-6, wild card. The Browns, they're going to win a playoff game. They're going to go on the road. They're going to win a wild card playoff game. And then it's going to be a gut-wrenching, just rip-your-heart-out type of loss in the second week of the playoffs there. I think that is what is going to happen for the Browns, and um, I'm also interested to see how Freddie Kitchens does. He's calling the offense. I, I have no worries there, but we'll see how he handles things situationally, time management, timeouts, challenges. We'll see how he handles all that. He's the head guy now. He has more to worry about than just calling the offense, so I think that's another big if as well. Um, it'd be a little ridiculous not to mention all those things, So, but at the end of the day, Don't get me wrong. This is not negative stuff here. I'm extremely excited for the Browns. So that's all for my Browns preview. Get excited for Sunday. Enjoy the football uh, tonight on Thursday, Bears and Packers, or whenever I release this, yesterday, and hope you enjoyed the football, whatever it may be. Um, So let's get ready right now. We're going to go right into the interview with my good friend to talk some football, his third football camp, a new coach um, with the Tippin' Dragons, AJ Nikolai, a.k.a. The Snowman. All right, everyone. So we have the snowman right now on the JV Podcast Hotline. As I said, we are going to be doing a little Mount Rushmore of celebrity crushes. Uh, We're going to be talking to him about football camp, uh, the upcoming season. They kick off in less than a week, and they have a new coach in town. So I want to find out what's going to be going on this season. So let's go ahead and bring in AJ Nikolai, a.k.a. the snowman. Snowman, how you been, man? Good, but I think you just uh, blew my cover on uh, your uh, your show here. You just called me by my full name. I know, but I just, you know, I wanted everyone to hear that. Everyone knows you by your uh, stage name. That used to be uh, used to be against yeah. the rules back on the uh, Way She Goes podcast yeah. back in its heyday. <laughs> yeah, back when back when we were just kids being kids, man. Yeah, that's when we were that's when we were just having fun before all this, you know, money got involved. <laughs> It's it's since gone to the graveyard, but um okay before we d- do a deep dive into football here, let's get down. Let's let's do some serious business here with our uh, Mount Rush business. Mount Rushmore of celebrity crushes. Uh, we're totally serious. ripping off. You know, pardon my take. Of course, they do Mount Rushmores, but they don't own the topics. We're gonna come up with our own stuff. We're gonna create our own things. They don't own M- Mount Rushmore, so. Yeah. We're gonna give them a run for their money. So, um, and if if they wanna if they wanna come at us, you know, they can come <laughs> right to you because it's Joseph Orr podcast. Fucking bring it to him. That's right. right my, my name's on the thing. It's all me. Um, yep. <laughs> all the liability just falls on me. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna let you uh, 
let you kick this off. We're going to go through here, we're, and then probably before we do our fourth one, our last one, we'll do some honorable mentions. But you are my guest, so I'm going to let you uh, let you go first. Why don't you kick it off for us? Well, I mean, I think this is the most obvious uh, celebrity crush of all time. If you were a 13- to 16-year-old boy in the heyday of uh, the Transformers movies, you oh, know man. exactly who I'm about to say, and that's Megan Fox. Absolute, absolutely gorgeous Transformers. Megan Fox, number one of all time. The scene over the hood. Oh, dude. It's forever in our memory. Dude. And, and just to be clear on this, before we get deeper into this, we're we're going with like the the celebrity, like the crushes that we grew up with. This isn't just necessarily just like the hottest actresses. Or celebrities like this is right. like this is who we grew up with. Like we remember them for just how good they looked in like the performances that we love. Like growing up, where we're just like, yeah, I will never forget this. Like your number one pick, perfect example, Megan Fox. Right. That one scene, that one particular moment. It's just like, whoa, whoa. That's, I mean, that's all you got to say. Whoa. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so my number one is. I mean, who wasn't in love with Margot Robbie after Wolf of Wall Street? Not, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's very good. That's I mean, good pick. I mean, my second. Enough said, right there. I mean, she is yeah. just drop dead gorgeous and extreme. Like she's amazing. She's so. Yes. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. That's uh, such a good one. Uh, who you got so, for number two? So my my number two is. Um, it's definitely got to be Jessica Alba uh, from the uh, Fantastic Four. That was uh, I, I really didn't like that movie a whole lot, but I liked her in it. And that's <laughs> I can tell. That's all, that's all. That's all you need to know. <laughs> all right, my number two. This is like, you know, this. This has been like, she always flirts being my number one. I absolutely love her. Emma Stone. Yep. La La Land. Alongside Ryan Gosling and La La Land and Crazy Stupid Love, I am just like in love with Emma Stone. Yeah. The red hair does it for me. I just, I, I am, she is like, I'd be totally starstruck if I met her in person. I'd be drooling. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she, I, I've always known that's, that's been a big uh, celebrity crush of yours. Yes, it's I, years I, in the I've making. I've always known that. Years of, years of thinking about that one. That's yeah. right. All the way back to the super bad days. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. So, my third, I know we kind of discussed a little bit before, but I also just had a change of heart. Oh man. And I was I was thinking about thinking about this. Okay. But uh, so my new number three is now Victoria Beckham. Ooh. That is a yes. That is a uh, you know, not a very popular. Not, I don't know. A Rushmore. This annoying beeping. There's been an emergency in my uh, my building right now because the this podcast is just too fire, as the kids say nowadays. Yeah, my uh, my roommate just popped in. and Was like, yeah, I think we got to bounce. Obviously, not a not a tough guy, big softy. So uh, my might, might have to get out. Of, might have to get. I mean, it's not my choice. You know, whatever. I'll go down with this building. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be the old person, just going to let myself drown or burn, just lay to my bed. What the hell is that? What's going on? I have no clue. It's literally... Apparently, there's an emergency in the building. This is great content, though. Because people have to... People have to... Yeah, I think what we have to do is cut off the podcast right here and then just release, and then I'll have you release it so it seems like I didn't make it. Attention. Attention. Okay. Then your superstardom will go through the roof. That's right, but I won't. I'll have to come back years later. You'll attend your own funeral. Yes. Then we'll see you in Lexington, Ohio. Yes. That's right. With a beard, with a beard. Yeah. And a, and a hat on with sunglasses. Yes. Like, I That's right. You I'm just like sitting at the bar watching my family have dinner. Yeah, they're just mourning my loss. Yeah. Okay, everyone. So we're putting this on pause. I will talk to you guys after the emergency. Maybe. We'll see. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Cue the dramatic music. All right, everyone, I'm back. It's been many hours, and after working very closely with the Tempe Police Department, or with the Tempe Fire Department, um, I've come to the conclusion that it's uh, that it was um, the same thing as it is every time the fire alarm goes off in a uh, heavily college resident apartment. Um, it was some idiot stoner was smoking the grass and uh, totally forgot that he had a wicked bowl of mac and cheese on the stove and left. And um, he came back. He's like, yo, like my place is on fire. So um, yeah, so um, that's definitely what it was. You have any good uh, fire alarm stories? Leave a cheesy pita in the uh, (laughs) fire guy. It was Ryan Howard. Some, Some smart, sexy temp. Left his cheese pita. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But you know what I love about when a building gets evacuated, Snowman? What? So uh, instead of sulking about it, I try to be um, very observant. So what right. I do is, you know, there's some pretty girls that live here and some I may want to roman- romantically pursue. So, and, and when it's an emergency like this, people bring their pets out. They love their pets, Right. So it's good to see the girls who have dogs, they're a yes. And the people who have cats, they're a no. So it kind of makes it, you know, it makes my decision for me, you know, kind of dwindles down the, uh, the pot a little bit. It makes the, it kind of takes a, takes a whole, um, portion of the decision process out of there. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a nice little tactic you got there. Yeah. So always be observant. That's a message for the kids out there. Rule number one, Zombieland. <laughs> yes, yes, we, or yes, a- any movie or anything where we can incorporate rules like Zombieland or Wedding Crashers, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I know you're I'm in, in too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so we're through. Did you give your third pick? You had Victor- No, I did not. I did not. I gave my, my first. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, I Victoria Beckham. Pick, right? Yeah, yep, Victoria Beckham. Okay. You, you have to give your third yes, pick. Yes, we, we were cut off. Um, okay, number three for me is I think the only woman that's pretty much perfection. Ryan Reynolds, you dog, Blake Lively. Oh, yep, there it is. Oh, man. 
I was waiting for it. I purposely did not pick that one just because I knew you would. Appreciate that. I, I love the, that tweet. I forget when I saw it. It comes around, you know, those tweets that come around, and I always retweet yeah. it. It's like yeah. just a collage of Blake Lively. And it's just like yep. the, the caption is, nobody's per nobody's perfect except for Blake Lively. And I'm like, yes. That's right. Yes, That's retweet. Exactly right. I can't retweet it fast enough. All right, Snowman, <laughs> before, you, before we give our final picks, um, you want to run through some um, honorable mentions? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So, um, you got any off the top here? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with one. Uh, okay. So th this is who I replaced Victoria Beckham with. Ah. Or who, the other way around, I'm sorry. Uh, and that would be Kate Upton. Okay. Good, uh, good. Just, just a solid pick. Just a solid pick. Yeah. Nah, that's all I got. So yeah. If you're, if you're a young kid and you found out what YouTube was, that Cat Daddy video was probably one of the first things that you came across. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Well, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, okay, kind of going similar there. I'm gonna throw it into the Stone Age rather than you know the YouTube, um, for you know ki kids more our age that were born there in the uh, late '90s. Um, if you weren't going to a sleepover and finding a way to uh, throw on Titanic and zoom it to the uh, draw me like one of your French girl scenes, um, yeah. That I mean that's that's a celebrity crush for like a lot of kids that or our age because it, yeah, if you didn't have it, if you didn't have at least one of those sleepovers growing up then you were doing it wrong right 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 here here's one for you yeah uh, the um she's in that 70s show yeah uh, you, you already know everybody knows because that's uh, mila kunis what, 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 was she in friends with benefits that's a pretty good movie uh what what else what else uh that, ted that was, She's in the uh, Oz, the Great and Powerful movie. I don't know if a lot of people have seen that or not. She's in but, Ted. It, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's that's, spot. A, that's a good honorable mention, I yeah. think. For, for yeah, no, Mila Kunis, big time. Um, here's one too, just because this is way back in the day. One of my first favorite movies, um, Olivia Newton-John, Grease. <laughs> Grease. But talk Grace. about the range, right? Super innocent, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, the girl who's super innocent, the brand new student. And then by the end, she's got the cigarette going. She's got the leather pants on. I mean, what range? And she is so, she plays both of them amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, yeah. Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Um, Olivia Wilde and the changeup when she's playing the lawyer. My God. Um, Catherine Heigl and the Ugly Truth is another big one for me. Um, Alexander Daddario and Baywatch. Whoa. Yep. What about uh, what about Courtney Cox and Friends? Oh uh, yes, Courtney Cox and anything. Yeah, good right. one. Very good. That's, um, that's a good one. Anne Hathaway, her yep. crazy stupid love, as well as the Dark Knight um, Rises. Oh yeah, Catwoman. Yikes. Who, who who's the other Catwoman? Um, who, in like the older one, yeah. The older Batman. Oh God, what? Um, Halle Berry. She, oh yeah. She, does she yeah. play Catwoman? I. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good I'm, question to look up. I'm gonna look I don't up. Think she does. She's in the X Men, I believe. Oh, I I swear she I was. Who was a Catwoman? Halle Berry's on the list, regardless. But, yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing some research right now. Yeah, she was Catwoman. Yes. Perfect. Yep. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's terrific. But yes, you're, you're right with X. She was in X-Men as well. She was in both. Terrific. 
Um, let's see here. Yeah, no, this is great. Let's keep this rolling. Um, okay. Let's see. Who else do I have? Um, yeah, we have Jessica Alba. Uh, Jennifer Gardner, I think, is another one. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman, especially in that – what's that Ashton Kutcher movie? No Strings Attached. Yeah. Um, yep. Really liked her in that. Uh, we said Angelina Jolie. Um, yeah, I, I think we can move on. Let's. We, that, that was a decent list there. You want to move on into, uh, into our last pick here? Absolutely. Kick it off for us. I'm going to go with Courtney Cox's co-star in Friends, Beautiful. Jennifer Aniston. Can I, I just watched the breakup last night, speaking of Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. She is, I mean, she's gorgeous. and She's just cool. She's amazing in everything. Yeah, and she, I think she gets better with age. Oh, like fine wine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, for my number four, this is kind of a surprise pick. This was, um, this is someone I've had a crush on for a a while, but I didn't even really realize it until lately. Lily Collins. Okay. She was in. She was um Collins, oddly enough, in uh The Blind Side. That's when I f- when she first came onto the scene for me. Um, yeah. Yes. And then she was just in the uh, Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. Okay. Yeah, I, I never saw that, but uh, check it out on Netflix. But yeah, she is like. I've watched like a lot of interviews with her and stuff. And just by her personality, I'm just like, this is a girl that you bring home to mom. Like she's super pretty and just like, just seems like the sweetest person ever. And the people, and when people talk about her, they have nothing but nice things to say. So I'm like, I want to, Lily Collins is like the woman I want to marry. And then like (laughs) the Margot Robbie is just like, I don't know if I could do that because she's just, just such a rocket. She's out of everybody's league. She is a rocket. A space rocket, a space rocket. Yeah, space people, NASA. Perhaps you heard of them. Perhaps you heard of them, eh? All right, snowman. Let's uh, great Mount Rushmore. Well done. Let's yeah. um, let's talk some football here because you just finished up your third camp, not too long ago. You're back in Ohio, D two, yeah. Tiffin Dragons. You guys were um, you guys had a pretty. Your guys' camp, if I remember correctly, you were telling me. It wasn't as long this year. It was only a few weeks, but the days were just absolutely jammed packed. What does like a day look like for you? Like, tell me when you wake up, what you go through, when you left, when you're on the field, when you're in meetings. Like, when do you take me from wake up to putting your head down on the pillow? So basically for my camps, I'd wake up at 630 every morning. And we had to check in to the – we had to check in with the coaches at our breakfast at the cafeteria by 7.30 every morning. We'd go from there to an 8 o'clock team meeting. Then we would have from 8 to about 9, we'd have position meetings just to go over practice for right. the day. The 9 to about noon, we would have uh, – or 9.30 to about noon, we'd have – We'd have our practice. Then noon to about three, we would be we'd be off. Um, right. And then and then three o'clock to three to six o'clock, we were lifting and then meetings. Then six o'clock, we'd eat dinner till seven. We'd have a team meeting at seven, and then meet from seven to basically nine thirty, watching the day's practice and right. whatnot. And 
then our day would end at about 9 30 10 o'clock right so, so they so they took away two a days in terms of being correct. like on the field but the, the, the amount of time that you spend is still it seems like it's still the same it's just um oh, yeah. organized it differently it is it's just it's i mean the thing about football camp and when you get to college is there's just meetings they have meetings to meet you know there's, <laughs> yeah. there's just there's just meetings Me- like meetings that. to talk about the meetings exactly that's exactly that's exactly it and it's, i absolutely love it i love having I love, love it. I love doing the football camp. That's that's my favorite thing. Right. In the world. And I know you like that so much because you want to go on and be a coach at the college or professional or, you know, you want to be a, you know, a, a full time coach. That's what you want to do as Absolutely. a career. So how do you have a different look? on camp because of that you're really taking it all in are you paying attention to obviously what's going on and what the stuff that's specific that pertains to you but are you watching how you know really just the coaches coach and how they run things and you're kind of thinking in the mind okay in five to ten years when I'm in this position and then maybe in 15 years when I have one of these higher positions hopefully you know here's some good stuff and you know here's some things that I learned because you're coaches all the time you know they copycat stuff. I like the way that this exactly. coach did that, yeah, that and I'm going to do that with my team and then so on and so forth. Yep. Uh, football is a – I mean, there's nothing really new in the game of football in the last 20 years. I mean, God, there's different schemes that come out, but as far as like the culture building and all that stuff, it's all just recycled material. Every Everything that every coach does, they pull, you know, they pull something from this coach that they worked for and then this coach that they worked with. Right. And, you know, it's it's all really just the same stuff. You know, wherever you go, I, I mean, I've had we had two head coaches in high school at Lexington. Right. This is my second college head uh, collegiate head coach. And, you know, now now obviously all their culture stuffs a little bit different, but it's all based on the same stuff. You know, be a yeah. don't be a knucklehead, and be a good person. Like, right. You know. So so as far as that's concerned, but yeah, when, what you said about am I am I looking at at the yeah. Like how they're running things. Yeah, I, I am. A lot of guys, like obviously, like obviously, I'm taking my notes on like you know uh, schematic stuff and like right. what we're doing offensively, um, or what the defense is doing. But but also, I, I've also tried to make it a point where any anytime I see something that I like or I think really really uh, was was beneficial to to the team or something, I'll write that down as well. Yeah, I, I got I got that idea from um, a, a buddy who coaches Division One football. Um, he he told me that. Because I've I've been in contact with him a lot, you know about about wanting to coach and what I should do, you know to right. to, to make that happen. And and he, he one of his ideas or one of his things he he told me one night was just you know keep a keep a notebook or a, something on your phone or in your on a hard notebook about just like things you like, things you don't like, things you would do, things right. you wouldn't do, you know, right? Uh, just just different stuff like that. So I've really done I've done a lot of that, and uh, you know I think I'm I'm kind of starting to create my own my own uh, deal for whatever whenever I may have the opportunity to uh, be a head coach or or, uh, or wh- whatever it may be beautiful um, how also has because you've gone through several uh, position changes since stepping on camp uh, campus for that uh, for your freshman camp yep came in as a receiver you've done some place kicking um, You've worked um, at quarterback and you're on some, you know, you're on some special teams uh, units. You know, how has that been beneficial? Because you're working really closely with 
different coaches, and then you're just seeing things, you know, uh, differently. Yeah, yeah. So I spent my first year and a half, really, as a receiver uh, in the receiver room. So so uh, I, I really got to learn how to how to play receiver like you know yeah. high school high school it was run a post run a corner you know just just run the route and yeah hopefully it works right you know, that first year and a half i really learned from from my my coach the receivers coach here coach horn and then uh, another nfl alumni who uh who went to tiffin nate washington spent 10 years in the league won two super bowls he would come to our camps uh, he came to the last two camps and and you know really was like showing us how to technically run right. routes and, and, you know, you know, your, your releases, your stems, your, your breaks, everything, catching the ball, doing everything like that. Right. Cause routes so, cannot I, be so straightforward. It's just like, Hey, you know, run a post, but, but, you right. know, you know, he, here's a little move that doesn't throw off the timing, but gets that defensive back just exactly. off balance just, uh, enough. Yep. yep. That's, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And you know, everywhere you go, there's great coaches all over America. Everywhere they go, it's, it's they're they're showing you the same stuff, and and it's it's really it's really cool. I think to you know have have the the specific teaching of how to do that stuff. Right. But yeah. So I spent I spent uh, first year and a half playing receiver, and then I kind of transitioned to kicker, be out of pure necessity. Yeah. <laughs> the first the first game of last season, I. Uh, was uh, on the sideline and our little did I know our starting kicker who was the only kicker on the roster was warming up and blew his quad Jeez! while he was kicking into the net and I was just standing there and coach Horn the receivers coach comes up to me because I, I pretty good relationship with him and he just says hey uh, Joe can't kick and I'm like well what the heck do you want me to do about that that's what I said I'm like all right, that's cool. He goes, we're going to have you go in and kick. And I'm like, well, shit. Okay. Here we go, boys. Here we go. Here we go. Now, I, now I, never, I never kicked in high school. I was the, I kicked off, but, like, I didn't kick any. I don't think I ever attempted a varsity, like, extra point or field goal. Great holder, though. Yeah, great holder. I was always the holder, but I never kicked it. And, right. You know, I, so I went in there, and I was the kicker all last year, and so I – and while I was doing that, I was also helping Coach Horn. You know, uh, I, I I dubbed myself the assistant receivers coach. There you go. And just just kind of was his shadow for the year, and, yeah. And uh, just tried to pick up on everything he was he was doing. And then uh, our new head coach came in, and uh, he learned that I wanted to coach after uh, playing here, and uh, basically told me I should move to play quarterback and. To, to to you know add a little depth because because uh, that's where you learn everything exactly because I you know I've been I've been around here for a while so you know I I I know what's going on and and uh, thought he thought that would be very beneficial to my uh, to just learning more and more football knowledge for sure you guys have a new yeah. coach this year as you mentioned you guys started off nine and zero last year lost the last two games finished up nine and two you competed. To win the conference, you competed for a playoff spot. Came up short in both. Yeah. Are you guys? You guys have a lot of people coming back this year. What are the expectations going into this year? Coming off a good season, but now there's a new coach. 
Um, do, do you guys reload, or what's the expectations for this season when you guys kick off here less than a week? I mean, everybody's got the same goal at this point in the year. Everybody wants to win their conference and make the playoffs. Right. I think we were we were one game away from making the playoffs, and one game each, I guess, of winning the conference and making the playoffs last year. Um, I think that that that's still our goal. Still our goal to go out and uh, to uh, win, win the conference, and win and make a play and make the playoffs. You know. I, we're returning uh, just about everybody. We just lost a few guys, but we replaced uh, some of those key guys that we lost with some really good players. And uh, I'm I'm excited to uh, get the season rolling here this Saturday. Who, who do you guys start with? Uh, Northwood. They yep. are up in Michigan. Do you guys go there or is it at home? <laughs> yeah, we go there. Okay. It's about a four-hour ride up to oh, not too the, bad. Old, the old state of Michigan. Ah, that place up north. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Just kidding. I don't. I really don't care. But <laughs> beautiful lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Snowman, thanks for coming on. Uh, best of luck this season. We'll definitely definitely uh, follow up with you and do some more uh, Mount Rushmores as the seasons as the season goes along. But uh, for well, now, uh, great talking to you and good luck this year, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on my old show. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, man. Sorry all the money and the fame got in the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm filing a, a wrongful termination. Soon. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm gonna have to pay you off. I'm going to be left with nothing. Yep. I'm taking everything. Good Lord. Love it. All right, Snowman. Talk to you soon, man. Yeah, see you, man. Okay, so hope you enjoyed that Mount Rushmore and interview with AJ Nikolai, a.k.a. The Snowman. Let's transition one more time to finish up with my complaint of the week, and then I'll wrap up the show. Welcome, everyone, to the complaint of the week. Before I get to it, let me talk about the presenting sponsor for this segment. The presenting sponsor is my therapist. She suggests that I talk about things more and not let them bottle up inside, so I decided I'm going to be a sarcastic asshole and talk about it on my podcast. So here's my complaint of the week. School's back in session, and if you go to a bigger school or you have friends that studied abroad last semester and now you haven't seen them all summer and they're coming back, if they're, stop these friends, if they are signing off their text messages, their emails, ending their phone call, ending their phone calls by saying cheers, don't say anything to them, just walk up to them when you see them in person and just punch them in the face. And if they ask, what was that for, or why did you do that, kick them while they are down. I don't care how sick your semester was in Barcelona, or Melbourne, or wherever you were. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on these people for studying abroad. I think study abroad is incredible. And if you can do it, freaking do it. I want to travel. I plan on traveling one day when I'm able to. So I'm not hating on traveling at all. But don't come back after being there for three, four months, whatever it is, and act like, you know, you're a citizen. And, you know, after everything that you do in America now is just like, oh, well, in Barcelona, we would have done it this way. Or, oh, man, so tough. I, I, always, I always drive on the left side of the road now. Like, shut up. No, you don't. Shut up with the fake accent, the faint accent. It's like, oh yeah, there's three, yeah, just totally wore off on me. Shut the hell up.
So that's my complaint of the week. All right, so that's it for this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. And until next time, please rate, review, and subscribe. As always, we're on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Enjoy football being back. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you guys next time. And until then, enjoy this nice, smooth jazz. Thank you.